good morning, Newtown Road. These are indeed interesting days, aren't they? I imagine in years to come that people will look back on this season as something truly historic. I know in, in my 41 years, I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like the response we're seeing to this virus. In fact, the last five days have been quite a whirlwind, but here we are at this moment, working hard to figure this all out together. So like it or not, COVID-19, the coronavirus, is now an official part of our national experience. And it has left quite a mark on us already, forcing large events like concerts and sporting contests to be postponed, colleges and school districts extending school uh, spring break and moving to online-only courses for the rest of the semester. These are indeed unprecedented responses in our lifetimes. And in line with the recommendations and the suggestions from the CDC and the health department, we want to do our part as a church to love our neighbors and protect those who might find themselves at risk. So just for clarification for you guys at home, here's what we're planning to do. We're canceling all services and gatherings at the church this week. So today, March 15th through Saturday, March 21st, at a minimum. No midweek Bible studies, no Wednesday night services. Everything is canceled for this week. Our elder team is going to be evaluating the situation. We're going to try to stay up to date on the most recent information available and make decisions for our gatherings on a week-to-week -week basis. We'll be quick to share and post those decisions in a timely manner on our social media channels and our website. It's important for you to remember that our office will remain open during this time, 9 a.m. to 3.30 p.m., Monday through Thursday, as normal. Life groups are free to meet at the discretion of the group itself. So comfort level and discretion of the group um, considered, you guys are free to meet if that's something you choose to do. If you find yourself in need of assistance during this time, please contact the office or reach out to your life group leader and they'll get you in touch with us. Don't forget Newtown Road that our continued faithfulness in giving sustains our ministry to the people in our community and to the people in our congregation. And it's really easy to give digitally even if you've never done that before. All you need to do is visit newtownroad.org backslash give Click that Give Online button, and that'll walk you through the online option so that you can continue to support the ministry of our church even when we're not able to gather together on campus. So that's what we're doing. That's the details, logistics of what's happening. Knowing what we do about the way this virus spreads through these respiratory droplets, knowing how dangerously fast it spreads and how critical early protective measures are, we're convinced that this is a good step for us right now. Now one thing I want to clearly communicate with you is that this decision is not at all based on a crippling sense of fear. Rather, this decision is, a, is based on the desire to partner with our greater community and pull out all stops to work alongside our local organizations in order to help them halt the spread of a deadly virus. This is, to us, a reasonable and a tangible way for us to be good neighbors. Newtown Road, if by inconveniencing ourselves for a short window of time, we are able to help our neighbors limit the disastrous effects of this virus, then they will have been well served. 
And another thing I'd like to point out for us this morning is, is that the response and the posture of the church in a time of crisis has never been one of hoarding and hiding. Can you hear me? The response of, of the church in times of crisis has never been one of hoarding resources and hiding from our neighbors. Instead, our spiritual ancestors and our heroes were known for engaging and sharing. So, with that in mind, let's be looking for our opportunities this week. This is a wonderful moment for the Church of Jesus to demonstrate a level head, to demonstrate a peace-filled heart, to serve and love our neighbors in the name of Jesus in their time of need. May God help us to engage these moments with passion and with purpose. And now, we'd like to pause for just a moment this morning with our brothers and sisters around the nation and unite with them in prayer. We, we need a gracious move of God during this time. Let's pray together. Oh God, you are our refuge and our strength. You're a very present help in a time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea. Father, these feel like troubling times. We feel as though the earth has given way. We feel uncertain and anxious and fearful at times, as though things that we thought were immovable and secure are suddenly being taken from us. Remind us again this morning that you are steadfast, that you are immovable, that you are a strong tower to which the righteous can run. You are our strength in this time of trouble, a present helper. God, you are not, you are not a father who is far away and removed from us, but you're here with us. We ask for your grace to be poured out on our nation in the form of healing and in the form of protection. We pray that our efforts to help contain the spread of this virus would be successful. We ask that you would heal those who are sick, that you'd protect the at-risk and the susceptible among us. We pray that you would provide for those in need. Lord, strengthen and empower your church for ministry in this moment. God, let this be our finest hour. May the light of Christ shine brightly through our efforts. May the peace of Christ be on display as we resist the temptation to yield to despair and to panic. And may the gospel of Christ be ever on our lips over these next weeks. You, God, are true wisdom. We ask that you would grant our leaders, our elected officials, from the White House to the local level, an empowering of wisdom in these moments. And Lord, through all of this, we ask that you would strengthen your church for the needs at hand. Fit us for the tasks that you've called us to. Use us, empowered by your spirit, to carry your gospel in this time of crisis. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning, Newtown Road, we're going to try something a little bit out of the ordinary for us. And we're going to share the sermon through video. Now, we've been working through the Gospel of Mark for quite some time as a church. And we'll probably pick up there again next week, I suppose. But today, it just seemed best to me uh, to change direction a little bit 
and to talk about what we're facing as a church during this time. So today we're going to be jumping into Joshua. If you have your Bibles open, you'll want to turn to the book of Joshua right now. And I'm going to be returning this morning to a passage that is very familiar to us. It has provided for me confidence and help and strength in the face of some uncertain times in my life over the years. I'm sure many of you will remember it, but in moments like these, moments of mass panic, moments of widespread confusion, moments of of panic buying and shortages of things like toilet paper, it is wise for us to return to some basic foundational truths. So Joshua, it is for us today. Now, a quick bit of background. Many of you will remember the story of Joshua. Moses, the leader, had had led the uh, children of Israel out of Egyptian slavery through the Red Sea in the Exodus, and then, because of unbelief and rebellion, they wandered, the people of God wandered for 40 years in the desert. And Moses was the leader, and Joshua, for those 40 years, was his assistant, serving alongside Moses through that time. Now, as the book of Joshua opens up, Moses, the servant of the Lord, has died, and the Lord has appointed Joshua to be his successor. The first order of business, he says, go into the land and take possession. This land that I promised you, I'm about to give you. Can you imagine what Joshua is feeling in that moment? Trying to process the grief of of losing a mentor and a friend? Taking command of the whole nation? And now dealing with the fear and the uncertainty of what what was coming next? And you might say, wait, Matt, how do you know he's afraid? Well, three different times, in three verses, God had to tell Joshua to be strong and courageous. That indicates to me that he was struggling to be strong and courageous, that he was wrestling with fear over what was coming. And I think we know how that feels, don't we? I mean, especially this week. We know what it feels like to be nervous and to be anxious about what's coming next. We know what it feels like to not know the outcome or the challenges that we're going to be facing along the way. Especially right now, we know a thing or two about struggling and wrestling with courage. But look in verse 9 of chapter 1, in the book of Joshua, look what God says to him. He says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I think that verse, just as a side note, is one that we should all commit to memory this week. Moms and dads, help your kids. Couples, be memorizing together. Singles, be memorizing on your own and share it with somebody you know. That's a verse that we all need to commit to memory this week. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Something really powerful about that little verse stood out to me. What is it that allows us to overcome the fear? Why is it that Joshua doesn't have to give in to fear and panic? It was because God was with him. You see, his presence with us is what grants us the ability to overcome fear. It reminds me of that passage in Psalm 23. And many of you know it. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the psalmist says, I I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. 
You see, the, the loving presence of the shepherd puts the sheep at ease. Like, like a child in a thunderstorm. Climbing up into their daddy's lap. Just needing his presence to strengthen them and to bring comfort. Why is it Joshua didn't have to be afraid? Because God was with him wherever he went. Alright, so that's settled. Joshua, don't be afraid. I'm with you. Go get the land. There's just one problem, and it's a big one. The Jordan River at flood stage stands between the children of Israel and the promised land. This is not just a small problem. This is a significant problem. They're camped out on one side of the river. They have to get across the river to take the land, and now they're stuck. Look at chapter 3, verse 2 through 6, and we'll see how God led Joshua and the Israelites to deal with this moment of uncertainty and an obstacle that stood in their way. Look at verse 2. At the end of three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, As soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priests, then you shall set out from your place and follow it. Yet there shall be a distance between you and it, about 2,000 cubits in length. Do not come near it, in order that you may know the way you shall go, for you have not passed this way before. Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua said to the priests, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. That phrase stood out to me yet again this week, over and over again, as I was praying about how to lead this day. What are we going to do today uh, for our church family? And this phrase kept coming back, you have not passed this way before. We know exactly what that feels like. That sums up our week. These unprecedented times, unprecedented responses, we are definitely out of our comfort zones right now. I mean, we're gathering in our living rooms to study the Bible together. This is new for us. We are preparing as a country, as a church family, to significantly alter our daily lives for the foreseeable future. We have never been this way before. This is new for all of us. And it's easy because it's new and because we don't know what's happening and we don't know what to expect, it's easy for us to give in to fear and to despair. It would have been easy for Joshua too. But Joshua had a plan. And we'll, we'll see later that we can use the same plan. The plan for Joshua was that he sent the leaders through the camp to address the people and talk to them to give them instructions. The priests would carry the Ark of the Covenant ahead of the Israelites. And when the people saw that the priests were carrying the Ark, they were to get up from where they were and to follow them. But they weren't supposed to get too close. They were supposed to be a distance of 2,000 cubits between the ark and them. If they got too close, they wouldn't be able to see it. So they needed to stay back at a safe distance so they could see where the ark was leading and follow it from there. If they couldn't see the ark, they wouldn't know which way to go. That's how they were supposed to set their course, by where the ark went. 
And then Joshua said, you're supposed to set yourselves apart. You're supposed to consecrate yourselves. You're supposed to commit yourselves to the Lord anew. Because tomorrow God is going to do wonders among you. There's the plan. The priest will lift up the ark. They'll walk ahead of you. You follow them. Commit yourself to God and trust that tomorrow he's going to do wonders in your midst. All right. So what happened? What happened? How did it turn out for the Israelites? Well, the priests did what they were supposed to do. They picked up the Ark of the Covenant and they walked toward the Jordan River. And the people, when they saw them pick it up, began to follow. And the moment that the feet of the priests touched the edge of the water, the waters parted. In fact, the Bible talks about how upstream at a city of Adam, the waters stood up in a heap. It's possible the Jordan River at flood stage was a mile wide. And the moment the feet of the priests, walking in faith, touched the water's edge, they stood up in a heap. The Bible says to us at the end here of, of chapter 3 in verse 16 that the priests stood firmly on, on dry ground and the whole nation of Israel proceeded to walk across the riverbed on dry ground. It worked. What happened was that it worked just the way it was supposed to. They lifted up the ark. The people saw it and followed. God made a way when it looked like there was no way. They walked through on dry ground again, and they entered into the promised land. All right. So what? What does that mean for us? You, you didn't really think I was going to preach a sermon and not get to the so what points, did you? I mean, so what? What does that mean for us today? What does that mean for the church at Newtown Road gathering in our living rooms in the face of a coronavirus crisis? What can we draw from Joshua's example and the example of the Lord's work in Joshua that we can hold on to for hope and encouragement this week? I have a couple ideas. The first one is this. God has not called us to fear. Did you hear that? God has not called you to fear. He didn't give us a spirit of fear. In fact, He gave us a spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. Don't we need sound minds today? Don't we need a loving disposition and posture today? Don't we need the power of God in our lives today? He's already given that to us. He did not give us a spirit of fear Instead, His presence in our lives, His closeness, His nearness, that is the precise reason that the church doesn't need to be afraid. Now, these are uncertain days for us. I don't want to minimize them or the effects of this virus. There is so much right now that is still unknown. We, we don't respond well when we don't have the information, do we? We get anxious. We get nervous. We begin to, to frantically run around and try to perform everything ourselves and make it all work and connect all the dots and we plan it out. We get really unhinged when we don't know the information. And unfortunately, God in His mercy has seen fit 
to put us all in a situation right now where we simply don't know all the information. But let us not forget that even with all that awaits us, we are not alone. God is here. He's, he's with us. He's not going to leave us or forsake us. He's promised to be with his disciples to the ends of the age. And in the nearness of God, we can find peace and comfort. We can rest, just like the psalmist says, in the shadow of his wings, close to him, like a child afraid of the dark, frightened by a thunderstorm, climbing into their daddy's lap, sitting with their mom on the couch, nestling up real close. We can find peace and comfort in the nearness of God, in his closeness to us. We might be uncertain about what's happening, but friends, loved ones, we are not alone in what's happening. He's not left us alone. He's with us. One, God hasn't called us to fear. Two, we have a plan of action. Now let's, let's take a look at what, what these people did. We can follow their example. They lifted up the Ark of the Covenant. Do you know why that's significant? Do you remember the story of what is in the Ark of the Covenant? Contained in the Ark of the Covenant were the Ten Commandments, the two tablets that God had given to Moses. The Word of God, the revelation of God, was contained, a copy was contained in the Ark of the Covenant. Do you know what else was in there? A jar of manna. The bread that came down from heaven, the food that God provided to sustain the Israelites in the wilderness. And Aaron, Moses' brother, the high priest, Aaron's staff was in there. The ark signified to the people of God that God's presence was with them. So when they saw the ark lifted up, the priests were lifting up the presence of God. And when the people were reminded that the presence of God was with them, they could follow. Now, let's jump to the New Testament. Are you aware that the New Testament reminds us that in Jesus Christ, all the fullness, all the presence of God was pleased to dwell and to move among us? Do you remember that in the opening verses of John, that Jesus is identified as the Word who became flesh and made His dwelling among us? Do you remember in John 1.14 where, where the Word becomes flesh and we beheld the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth in Christ? Jesus is the Word. He is God's presence with us. Are you aware that Jesus, remember there was also that jar of manna, the bread of heaven, that Jesus identifies himself as the bread of life, come down from heaven? And he actually tells his disciples that if they're not willing to partake of his body, they're not really his disciples. He is the one that sustains his church. Are you aware that Jesus is identified in Hebrews as the high priest who entered in the holy of holies, who offers himself as a sacrifice once and for all, making a covering and atonement for our sins. 
What is the point that I'm trying to make here? The, the ark in the Old Testament signified the presence of God with his people. In the New Testament, that imagery is fulfilled in Jesus. So we can follow a similar example as our spiritual ancestors in this time of crisis. In a time of national emergency. In a time of uncertainty, when we suddenly realize, oh my goodness, we have never passed this way before. We, just like our heroes, just like our spiritual ancestors, we can lift up the Lord Jesus Christ. We can follow him faithfully wherever he leads. And we can set ourselves apart. We can consecrate ourselves knowing that tomorrow, whatever comes, the Lord is going to do wonders among us. God didn't call you to be afraid. Not at all. His presence is with us. He gave us a plan. We're going to lift up Jesus. We're going to walk in faith. And we're going to set ourselves apart for him. Because he's going to use us in this crisis. He's going to do wonders among us in this. Now, a third thing I want to point out today and this isn't directly from the passage that we were looking at, but it needs to be said, and it's a good reminder for us all, as we try to maintain level heads throughout this crisis. Newtown Road, my loved ones and friends, I need you to hear me on this. This is our moment. God has called us here for such a time as this. In fact, the Lord knew that this virus was going to affect our gatherings before the foundations of the world. He is not surprised by any of this. Instead, He has equipped us to be His faithful followers in this season already. So what do I mean by that? Let us then embrace our calling to be salt and light in our communities. Let us resist the urge to hoard our resources and hide from our neighbors. Let us instead engage them with the hope and the peace and the dignity and love that we possess. And let us share our resources, our time, our food, our money, our skills and abilities, a warm smile. Let us engage people and share with them the resources that God has given us. He has not been caught off guard by this. His church is not ill-equipped for their good works in this. His people are not alone. Newtown Road, I want to encourage you this week, and in the weeks to come, whatever God brings our way, let us not bow to fear and despair. Our God did not give us that spirit. Refuse. Refuse this week to give in to fear, not because you possess some next level superhuman strength. Refuse to give in to fear because God is with you. The Holy Spirit, if you've trusted Christ through faith, the Holy Spirit indwells you. You possess the power of God within you. You are not alone. Lift up Jesus. Embrace this moment. There you have it. There's our big plan. Refuse to be afraid. Lift up Jesus. Commit yourself to him and embrace the moment that God has given us.
I'm so thankful that you joined us this morning. I'll remind you all to continue to check back on our social media feeds and our website in the next couple of days for updates about what our plan is moving forward for the coming weeks. Let's close in a word of prayer this morning. Our Father, we thank you that you have called us and empowered us and equipped us right here for such a time as this. I pray that during a time of national crisis, during a time of, of a health scare, that this church would carry the mantle of the gospel to reach their neighbors. Lord, I can't wait to hear the stories about how our people were mobilized and motivated by the love of God in Christ to reach their community, to care for their loved ones and neighbors, to serve a friend in need. I pray, Lord, that you would remind us that we are not alone in this, but that you have, have given your spirit as a guide and a comforting presence. Remind us that you are not um, out of control, that in the sovereignty and the mercy of God, this is your plan. Help us, God, to embrace what you've revealed to us in this season. Lord, I pray that you would use us and that you would use this time to strengthen us, to grow us close to you, to draw us close to your word, to strengthen our life in prayer, to strengthen families together in the scriptures, to strengthen the witness of our church. Lord, I pray that you would use us to be conduits and, and stewards of grace. And we look forward to the wonders you're going to do in our midst. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us this morning. I look forward to seeing you soon.